we're only going to continue to see it in our industry. Sometimes we're kind of late to the party with that, but everywhere else, man, people, people want what they want and they're not going to be apologetic about it. So right. we have to meet them where they are. One thing I'm always fascinated by is how the training process parallels so many other things in life. And in the case of today's episode, there are a ton of parallels between things we do as trainers, like taking a client through an assessment or writing a training program and running a successful fitness business. And that's why I've asked my good friend Pat Rigsby to come back on the show this week. Pat has been my business advisor for well over a decade now, and without his guidance, I'm not sure IFAST or Robertson Training Systems would be where they're at today. Pat's primary gig these days is helping fitness business owners create their own ideal business and figure out a way to make the kind of money they want while still having the time and energy left over for the other things in life that they're passionate about. Now, if you're a regular to the show, welcome back. As always, love and appreciate you. And if you're new here, welcome. I'm Mike Robertson, and this is the Physical Preparation Podcast. In this show, we take deep dives into the art and science of coaching, cueing, program design, business, and personal development. Basically, anything to help you become a better trainer, coach, or rehab professional. Now, as I alluded to up top, Pat has personally coached me for 11 or maybe 12 years now, and his guidance has been invaluable. And today, our goal is to help you figure out what's working when it comes to running a more successful fitness business. Whether it's determining what your ideal business looks like, improving your accountability and follow-up, or just figuring out what's working and where the industry is going, I think we cover a ton of great topics in this episode. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll jump into this awesome episode with my guy Pat. This edition of the Physical Preparation Podcast is brought to you by the Ideal Business Academy and my good friend Pat Rigsby. Are you a trainer, coach, or rehab professional who wants to generate more leads and new clients for your business? Do you want to systematize your operations and streamline your workflows? Or do you want to find ways to leverage your time so you can work less and ultimately keep more of your hard-earned money? If so, you've got to trust me, Pat Rigsby is your guy. I first met Pat in 2006, and to say he's been instrumental in helping me grow my businesses would be an understatement. He was there when we started iFast, and he was there every step of the way as Bill and I grew it into one of Men's Health Magazine's top 10 gyms in America. He helped me grow Robertson Training Systems, my online coaching and consulting business, making it a consistent source of revenue for me and my family. And last but not least, he's guided us as we've transitioned iFast from being an employee-based gym into an independent contracting model. The bottom line is this, Pat has been there to guide me, support me, and help me grow my business at every twist and turn I've had along the way. And regardless of where you're at in your business, I know Pat can help. Whether it's lead generation, dialing in and systematizing your operations, or moving into the online space and seeing success, Pat and his team can help you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what Pat can offer, please email him directly at pat at patrigsby.com. Pat and his team will run a full-scale business diagnostic to see what's working in your business and identify pain points or rate limiters that are holding you back. And the best part? This is normally a $250 service, 
But if you reference the Physical Prep Podcast in your email, Pat is going to do all of this absolutely free. So again, be sure to email him at pat at patrigsby.com and make sure you mention the Physical Prep Podcast to save yourself $250. I can assure you, this will be one of the best decisions you ever make in your fitness business. Pat, man, thank you so much for coming on the show here today. This is only our third try trying to get this recorded, so we're going to make it happen. Uh, For starters, man, fill me in. What's new in your life? What's going on? You know, I don't know that there's a ton new. It's just, uh, it's always improving and fun and a lot of, you know, a lot of moving parts before we recorded. You know, I mentioned that there's some changes and things that we're doing a little bit differently with the business coaching side of things. There's some new business projects, uh, one of which the process you and I can talk about a little bit more later. Um, travel with family, some some live events, mastermind speaking, um, and some youth baseball. So not a lot different, but it's all good. It's just full, right? Yes. It's a full. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. So one thing that I always think about is that every great superhero has an origin story. And for people that are unfamiliar with you and what you do now, I would love to hear your origin story and what prompted you to create your own ideal business. The ideal business, man. Um, so so for people who don't know me, uh, I, you know, I was a college baseball coach, college strength coach, decided I wanted to own my own business for a host of reasons. Um, first business training business went well. Second business was a, uh, like a membership base and a training business kind of blended and that went well, started doing a little bit of consulting, happened to probably sync it up about the time that a lot of the, the online stuff was taking off. So it was a lot, you know, it allowed for more reach and, you know, and that just, uh, there's a lot of momentum there. Got to do a lot of business coaching stuff It opened doors to, um, doing everything from running masterminds to owning certification organizations to founding a couple franchises. And along the way, you know, there, there were just a lot of moving parts. Uh, at one point I was like the CEO of like eight businesses simultaneously. <laughs> I would never recommend to anybody. That's a terrible plan. Um, and it just, you know, it was one of those situations where I, I kind of created a, a business or at least my role in the business that I just didn't enjoy. Yeah. Um, you know, I was wearing hats that I didn't really want to wear and I wasn't doing enough of the stuff like coaching that I was really excited about doing. Um, there were just a lot of things that were not, for lack of a more eloquent way to put it, fun. And said, you know, okay, well, if I can build this big thing, maybe I can build something better. So I started to think about what success would actually be to me, knowing what I knew now, if I were just going to start from scratch, like what would my role be? Who would I work with? What would the business look like? What kind of problems would I solve? And, um, you know, heck, it's been eight years ago now. I had sold my stake and all that other stuff, created a new business, 
really focused on working with the people that I wanted to work with and helping them build the things they wanted to build. And yeah, I put some guardrails in place for myself, the things that I was willing to do, things I wasn't. And it's, um, you know, I think we hopefully all of us get to have some of those moments in business where you just look back and you're like, man, that was just one of those springboards to something so much better. Yep. And that was uh, that was it for me. I mean, I I get to work with people I really enjoy. Um, I think I get to do really meaningful work. I get to help people build businesses they they love to own, where they get to have an impact, where they get to create a meaningful amount of income or build wealth over time. Uh, but it still leaves me plenty of flexibility and autonomy to, you know, travel, to be very present in my family's lives and, you know, and, and coach my kids as they've one's grown, grown up and fast approaching a senior, you know, being a senior in college and the other wow. one's 12, man, that 12 turns into 21 in the blink <laughs> of an eye. And it's, it's fun to be able to be totally available for whatever um, experiences that can, you know, present. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of it. I love it. I love it. And like, as an extenuation or an extension, extension of that, talk to me about how you help other people do this, right? Because I think this is really unique and unlike a lot of business coaches that I've interviewed or that I've interacted with over the past or, you know, in the past 15, 20 years, everybody's got their own approach. But talk to me about your approach. How do you get somebody started and help them start to create their own ideal business and they don't create this monster that then dictates their life? <laughs> so, you know, I think the first thing that that I always kind of start with in our industry is most the most of us that got into this got into it because we were passionate about or excited about the training side of things or the the service or helping people, not necessarily the business side. So, you know, I, I think it's really important to meet people where they are. Right. And, and understand who they are, but then also where they want to go. I, I see this the same way, or at least, you know, I, I probably shouldn't be too presumptive here. Like I see this the way that I think you would see designing a program for somebody. Yep. Assess where somebody is, identify what their goals are, where they want to go. And then we build a, a plan to get there and then we execute the plan. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are plenty of people in the industry that are happy to just say, do what I've done. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I mentioned I've founded two franchises and that's essentially what a franchise is. Right. Um, but I also think that there are some potential pitfalls with trying to adopt somebody else's thing and saying, this is a great fit for me. And, um, you know, I, I like the idea of saying, hey, Mike, construct the thing that makes sense for your family, for your kids, for your goals, the clients you want to work with. And for me, that's the problem I want to solve. Not everybody wants to solve that problem, yep. but that's the thing that I think gets me really excited to 
to do what I do. And, and coming from a background of coaching athletes, every athlete was different, right? Everyone, they brought their own strengths, talents, limitations to the table. And it's like, how do we make the most of what this person has to offer, right? Yeah. So that's just the mentality I've always kind of had, I guess. And so when when I work with somebody, that's the 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 objective. It's not to make somebody a clone of Mike and iFast or um, you know, a, a clone of Eric Cressy or a clone of Luca or whoever else. It's like how do we help you build the thing that you want to build that can have the type of impact you want to have. Right. And it's uh sometimes it's a little bit of a puzzle <laughs> but um i mean i i think that's that's part of what makes me always want to come back to coaching right and, and i mentioned when i had kind of drifted away from that role it was very unfulfilling yeah. um you know obviously i know you and i know bill really well and have for a long time and i think that you know you'd both probably be pretty bored if you were just out running a workout of the day F45-esque type of thing that it's like one size fits all. And that's not what what probably energizes you. And for me, exactly. it's the same way when it comes to business. Yeah. So I'm interested and I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that because like you said, you come into IFAST, there's uh, an assessment process, right? Or like a diagnostic process and I'm sure you and I have done this probably numerous times over the years, uh, either for RTS or IFAST. But what does that look like for you now, right? So somebody new wants to get started. What does your assessment or your diagnosis process look like to help somebody get started? You know, there, there, there's like two sides to it, right? There's the, hey, you're going to give us a, a lot of the tangible data like to i mean i i need to know what your business is what your background is you know most of the people that i work with have a business they're not aspiring to have a business right so okay where's your location how much square footage do you have who do you train what's your monthly revenue look like and, and all the the basic information but then then we get to get into some of that subjective stuff. And I just get to ask a bunch of questions and <laughs> ask, you know, what, um, you know, stuff to determine what is it that you're excited about? What do you want to do? What would success be to you? What do you maybe want to avoid? Maybe. And, and it's definitely not a one size fits all kind of parquet line of questioning because every answer leads to a different potential question, right? So if you tell me that this is what you want to do, then I need to kind of unpack that and know why. And I got to know why you feel that's where you're going to try to go. I mean, if somebody tells me, well, I want 150 clients, then I, I want to know, well, what do you think 150 clients will actually mean to you? Is that going to be you know, are you assuming that will bring some quality of life with it, some amount of income with it? It'll provide less kind of volatility in in your, you know, monthly revenue. Like what it so sometimes it's understanding 
what they believe they want and why sometimes it's understanding where maybe their limitations or constraints are. Um, a lot of times it's figuring out, Hey, what are the things that, that you're really good at? And what are the things that maybe you need to eliminate, delegate, or just completely outsource? Um, and, and so just a lot of discovery and then, customize a plan. And, and when I say customize a plan, it's probably very much like you would with a training client. I mean, there's still some fundamental principles that you adhere to, and there's probably a structure that you adhere to. I mean, you're not putting the warm up last. Right. So um, that's kind of the way that I view this is, um, okay, there are things that have to be in place. We have to be able to connect with new prospects. We have to be able to convert them into clients. We have to be able to coach them in a way that delivers the result they want through an experience they enjoy that generates referrals, it retains people, it generates reviews. And so there's that kind of flywheel that's happening. Um, but how we arrive at that, I think, can be adapted to each person and what they want out of being a business owner. Love it. So here's a question that I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on. How many people, when you're going through this process, maybe they know like the, the KPIs, right? They know the numbers and the objective stuff. But when you start digging into the, why do you want to do this? The, you know, like some of the more, I don't want to say fluffy stuff, but like how many people just legitimately have either lost their way or have no clue what they're doing or like what their end goals are with their business? Like 80%. Really? It's that big? Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> it's a hard job. Like being a small business owner is hard. Right. I just went back to my hometown yesterday to, to drop my mom off. And I looked around and I'd see this building. I'm like, man, there used to be, uh, a, I mean, it's on a river, right? right. So there used to boat dealership there and i remember when there was a restaurant here and all these businesses that didn't last i mean it's not easy so you know people get consumed by what they have to do today and you know they lose that vision they lose what what got them excited about this in the first place and you know i don't think it's you know this terrible thing it's just almost like allowing people to get back to what excited them about being a business owner in the first place, but with this new understanding of what actually owning business is like. Right. So, and, and that's the same process I went through. I mean, I had had a, you know, one company that was an Inc. 5000. I mean, we we're like 583 in the Inc. 5000, had two franchises ranked in the entrepreneur, franchise 500, had, you know, um, you know, a pretty big operation. And I went back and did the same thing and said, okay, knowing what I know now, what would I do if I started over? Yeah. And you started over. You literally did it, right? Like that's what's so impressive to me is you had all of these clout-like moments, right? And you can list all those things and you're like, nope, this isn't working for me anymore. It's not working for, you know, my family and my long-term vision for what I want to be. So like, that's why one of the reasons I have so much respect for you is you could take all that and all those things and just say, okay, I'm not going in the direction that I want. How do I come back, find my North Star and go in that direction again? We're gonna take a quick break from this episode to mention our second sponsor, the Complete Coach Certification. 
If you want to level up your assessment process, write better training programs in less time, or simply improve your coaching and queuing skills, I cover all of that in detail in this course. The Complete Coach Cert is a compilation of over 20 years of in the trenches experience and is reflective of the fact that I've worked in personal training, rehab, and sport performance training. And furthermore, I've worked in one-on-one, small, and large group environments. So my point here is simple. Regardless of who you're working with or what environment you're working in, my certification will help you level up your programming and coaching. To learn more, just head over to completecoachcertification.com. Again, that's completecoachcertification.com. Now, back to our episode with Pat. You know, and I, I think the hardest part of that I had, I was really well prepared for, right? Like my first career, I really thought my identity was a being a college baseball coach. I was right. wrapped up like that was my identity. Right. And there are still people who view me in that lens many years later. I saw right. one of my former players when I was at a baseball tournament the other day. He just popped over and it's like, coach. And that's cool. And, and that's, I mean, that's a wonderful kind of piece of my life, but it also prepared me for the fact that when I wanted to kind of do this, kind of blow it up and start over, it's like, man, who you help, the impact you have, the, you know, whether it's on your family, the people that you serve, that's your identity, not the brand name on the front door, not the job title. And and I had already gone through that experience once. So I was definitely a lot more comfortable with it the second time around. Yeah, for sure. So something that you and I had mentioned prior to the show and something that you have said you've been really trying to infuse more in your own business is this idea of accountability and accountability coaching. So really a two-part question here. Number one, why? Like what made you start making this a bigger portion of what you do and how are you going about doing it? Because you and I both know ideas are not the issue anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Ideas are not an issue, but holding somebody's feet to the fire, having accountability and getting stuff done, that's a whole nother story. So I, you know, and not to say that this is unique or whatever else, but I'm I'm somebody who really kind of roots everything in reality, right? It's yep. like not, I don't spend much time thinking about the way I wish things were. <laughs> right. um, I, it's like, this is who people are. This is what they have going on. This is um, where the bottlenecks are. How do we make this better? And the the thing that i really understood all all along but i don't know that i solved the problem maybe as well as i could have was um the fact that man it's not a lack of knowing what somebody could do now we may need to narrow for people because they have so many options <laughs> It's like, how do we facilitate them doing the things they need to do? Because, again, I'm not one of those people. And, and you see a lot of this in the business coaching world, not necessarily specific to fitness, but they almost act as if their stuff exists in a vacuum. Right. And we see this with trainers, too. Yeah. We see it with coaches like, hey, this should be the top priority. Everything else falls off the plate. I'm like, well, if I have kids and I have clients that are already paying me and I have all these other responsibilities, I, I need to be able to co-mingle all these things and still make it work. Yep. And so 
you know, that was something that I was always curious about and trying to find a way to make it easier for people to execute the things I wanted them to execute. Right. Uh, at the same time, there was, you know, I noticed this very prominent pattern, like before the pandemic, we could find a direct correlation. The people who attended our live events, the people who engaged in that way, um, they always did better than the people who didn't as far as improving their performance. Sure. Well, during the pandemic, this correlation really kind of disappeared because people were coming to Zooms and doing things for different reasons, right? There was right. a, I mean, in some ways it was probably, there was a mental health component. There was a social support. There was just, you know, having some sense of connectedness, but it wasn't necessarily like, hey, I'm coming here for solutions that I'm going to go apply. And so I wanted to get back to that and say, okay, what can we put in place that we can link to, um, you know, performance, something that we can say there's this correlation because, you know, we still, we do probably 12 to 14 Zooms a week for clients, like group Zooms. Right. And it, it's fine. They can come for whatever reasons they need to come because sometimes being a business owner can be feel like you're out on an island or something, right? Like there's so many things that go into it and we want to support them in any way we can, but we still have to make sure that we've got things in place that facilitate progress. Yep. So what we started to do was this thing that we call win the week. And every week, people are slotted into a group, right? They're in maybe a Monday to Monday group, a Tuesday to Tuesday, you get the picture, right? Like it's a weekly cycle. And we work with them to identify, hey, what are your three biggest action items that you need to accomplish to move forward? And, um, you know, we, we give them some parameters, like, okay, they have to be things that you can actually do with the, you know, with, with the time you have available, with the resources or, you know, the, you know, the, the amount of money you have available, it's not just blank canvas here. Like you, you're already committed to these obligations on these days. You've already filled these containers of time. So with what we have, what can you get done? And so we work with them to identify those things and clarify them and make them tangible action items. And then for most of the four action items that happen in a business. We've got videos and checklists and scripts and templates and everything. So it's more or less like, okay, if you want to go deploy this thing, here's everything that you need to go deploy it. Then they know, okay, if they need help, go to this Zoom with this coach on this day, ask these questions, here's the stuff that you need. We check in with them during the course of the week. We text them and say, how are we doing? Do you need anything? And so we've we've kind of woven this in because it's so easy to get pulled in different directions as a business owner, right? Like right. always going to have people tugging at your time. They want, you know, want you to spend time with them to do this or answer that or whatever else. And so we just have to make sure that we're helping people move forward while still maintaining the things that they're already committed to while still 
fulfilling the obligations they've made, um, you know, while still being able to be present in whatever their personal life entails, we can make this incremental progress. And if, man, if you're winning each week with those three action items over the course of the year, you know, you knock out, you know, 100, 150 things, big or small, that stuff compounds and you make a ton of headway. And so, you know, in a in a period now where, man, you can, I mean, we have a guy in a coaching group that literally watched YouTube videos to build his own house. <laughs> you have access to all the information you need, but we've got to be able to vet what we're actually going to use and make some decisions. And then we actually have to be able to execute. And so we've really made this a core piece of what we do. And you know, it kind of gets back to, you know, me comparing the ideal business stuff to you with a client. In, in some ways, it's kind of this the same type thing. You know, if you have a plan, then that client coming in to train with you, well, there's a plan of this is the stuff that we're going to do today to move forward. And we do have constraints. We're only going to be able to be together for this much time. Right. Many, you know, this many sessions during the course of a week. How do we make the most of that and still make sure you're on track to reach your goals. And so we do a lot of that. And I think it's one of the the cooler things that we've done. And frankly, um, I would tell you that I, for an independent training business owner, stuff like that, some sort of accountability or progress facilitation for the 165 hours, they're not under your supervision is going to be a big piece of what I think of as the future of our industry. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about that here in a few minutes because I want to discuss that. But, you know, when it comes to this idea of accountability and like when people hear th things like, oh, the your big three for the week, I think it's so like natural for them. Like you're just naturally inclined to think, oh, yeah, that's that's simple. Like I already knew that. Right. But you and I both know it might be simple, but that doesn't mean executing on it is really easy. And I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up, right? And it feels like you found all these different ways, like you alluded to, to kind of bake accountability into the week, right? It's like, okay, you got your big three and you got your checklist and then you got your follow-up text and you've got your Zoom meeting. So it's like, regardless of where somebody gets stuck, right? There's some sort of outlet to help get them moving forward again, because you and I both know like momentum is a real thing. When momentum stops in your business, it's like, pulling an anchor off the bottom of the ocean <laughs> to get it going again. So I just love that you found all these different touch points to make sure people are keeping their momentum and moving in the right direction. Yeah, it, I, I don't think there's a whole lot that I do that's super complicated that is, you know, rocket science or whatever else. And I think that's kind of the beauty of it, right? I, I think that, yeah, sure, people say, well, I get it. The big three thing. I'm like, okay, well, have you done it 50 <laughs> weeks in the past year? Have you made sure that you've done the, the basic things that you need to do to make progress in a way that have compounded for you? And so you can look back and say, I'm really proud of the progress I made. Because if you haven't, you may, you may know it, but you may not be doing it at the level that you want. And you know, the people listening to this are coaches. Well, sometimes it, it helps to have a coach just to make sure that you do it because there, 
I don't know that the idea of, hey, I know I need to have, a, you know, my three action items for the week or anything. None of that's new. I mean, I've been using a paper planner since 1994 <laughs> doing that sort of thing. Right. And it's very much like me writing an email newsletter for 18 years without missing a day. I, I'm very much a creature of habit with that sort of stuff. And I also know that I'm kind of the outlier. It's very easy for somebody to say, well, hey, I know this, but I did it 15 weeks out of 50. Well, what if we get you to do it 50 weeks out of 50? Yep. I mean, how much more progress do we make? That consistency compounded is life changing. Yeah, it's the uh, proverbial principle of the slight edge, right? Mm -hmm. I know you're a believer in that, as am I. Uh, fantastic book, if you haven't read it. Okay, so I want to change topics a little bit because we've talked a lot about your process, but this is something that even when we're hanging out, I love to ask you this question. And so I'm sure the listeners want to know this as well. As a business guy, what is working in our space today? Whether it's marketing, selling, what kind of trends are you seeing that maybe somebody that's listening in could deploy in fairly short order and see some progress in their business? So the, the first thing that comes to mind is the ability to go back offline a little bit and be willing to do some of the things that um, might have worked when I got into business or when you got into business. And, um, you know, some of the the neighborhood marketing, the the networking, the strategic alliances, even direct mail campaigns, some of that. And you know, that may seem very antiquated to some people, but as with many things, like the pendulum swings really far one way and then it kind of settles back in. Well, you know, we've got so many people that are very online focused and then we've got this explosion of franchise-based training solutions. I mean, so many group training businesses, um, whether it's, uh, you know, a boot camp ish type of business or the specialty things like the Pilates or cycle bar or whatever, um, you know, franchises. And I understand this market pretty well since <laughs> I was in, you know, you're looking for things that are very scalable, things that don't take maybe the highest skill um, labor, and so you try to make it as systematic as possible. And it's way easier to systemize, hey, let's go all run the same Facebook ad. Right. Let's all go run the same, um, you know, organic campaign online. Let's all do the same stuff. And it's much harder to systemize, hey, go be um, effective as a networker, or go build strategic alliances with businesses in your community or whatever else. And so it's left this gap where that side of the industry when i would have been owning two businesses at a time was way more competitive in neighborhood marketing and direct mail and that sort of stuff than it is yeah. now yeah and it's a faster cycle too because as somebody who has built a business using email a lot the the cycle of building a relationship that buying cycle is much longer then if I meet you, I mean, I can expedite the building of this relationship and the building of perceived value and demonstration of ability 
I can get more done in 20 minutes than I might be able to get done in 20 weeks just doing it online. So, you know, I think that's a, a huge opportunity. And for the people who may be a little bit more introverted or whatever else, start from the inside out. Like you can do this with the relationships you have, the people inside your facility. I mean, get them to introduce you to new people. Do more things where you allow them to introduce you to guests. They bring them in or they introduce you to other people in their lives or they open doors for the businesses that they're a part of or the organizations that they're affiliated with. And, you know, I think that's a big piece of the puzzle here. Um, another thing that I think, and this ties right back into what I was talking about before, is meeting clients where they are. I hear a lot of people during the summer, especially since we're recording this, you know, when kids are out of school and that sort of thing, they're like, well, hey, things are slow. People want to pause. People want to cancel. And I'm like, well, that's because we condition them to think that if they're not here three times a week, they're not deriving the value needed to pay the fee they pay. Yeah. And if we take on the responsibility of being their coach, we should be able to get ahead of that. We should be able to say, hey, I know you guys are going to be going on vacation or you're going to have, you know, these things come up or whatever else. Let's talk about the plan to make sure that you're making the most of all these experiences. You feel the way you want to feel. You look the way you want to look. And you design plans around that and make this more about the client and less about attendance to a workout. Mm, and I, like that a lot. I think that, again, if you look at the way that businesses outside of uh, fitness have evolved, right? The, you know, the, the way that fast food went to fast casual, went to DoorDash and everything else. And so everything's very convenient. Everything's built around the preferences of the consumer. It, it's only common sense to think that our industry will evolve that way too. Yeah. So if we say, okay, we're going to meet these people where they are and we're going to illustrate that we are the best solution for them, not that they need to drop everything and conform to us. We're probably going to stand out because franchises aren't equipped for that, right? They, it, it goes against that model. And if that's a big piece of our competition, that's, you know, that leaves a pretty big gap for us to tap into. So local marketing, franchise, um, kind of the franchise alternative, meeting people where they are. The other thing that I would tell you is follow up is king. I, you know, people all understand this idea of, hey, I'm going to get a lead. I need to go. I mean, it's it's kind of refreshing as a guy who's been who's been around the business side of stuff for a long time that people actually are willing to invest time and money in marketing now because that was not always the case. But, you know, if you get a lead, that person, I see this as a pipeline, right? Like mm -hmm. once they're in the pipeline, we're going to follow up with that person and nurture that relationship until the point that they either say, look, you're not for me or until they become client. Right. And, you know, I, I think of this as like, in other industries, they have account managers, right? And this is kind of being an account manager. It's like, okay, I've got these leads that are in my market, in my territory or whatever else. 
and I'm just going to keep nurturing them until I win their business. Yeah. We need more of that because if you spent money or time to get that lead, it's valuable. I consider it like I've always called it an asset. Now, an accountant is not going to call this an asset. It's not something that goes on the balance sheet. But every person that's raised their hand and said, hey, I'm potentially interested in what you have to do. That's an asset. I'm going to keep following up with them, even if they choose somebody else. Yeah, that's fine because even dating back to my time as a baseball coach in college, like there are plenty of people who chose a bigger school and then decided it wasn't for them. And I got right. them in year two. Right. Yeah. And same thing here. I don't I don't really care about being somebody's first business coach. I kind of would prefer to be their last business coach. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so well said. And like I was just talking about this with uh, my current intern, Sandy. She's working on creating some kids programs and, you know, any new program you start takes time to build. Right. And you have to build the cult and cultivate the trust and the understanding of what you're doing. And one thing I tried to impress upon her is something that I stole from you. So I'll give you uh, I'll give you the credit here. But one thing you always said was it's like just keep showing up because, you know, never know when the time is going to be right for somebody else. Right. Like we don't get to dictate, oh, I'm running a sale. I want you to start coaching with me now. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. They figure out when they're ready and, you know, when they've gotten fed up or they're not having success or their backs up against the wall. Maybe that's when they reach out to you. But we don't get to dictate when somebody starts working with us. That's their decision. And until then, we just have to keep showing up and give them, you know, value and show them what we could hopefully do for them if we would work together. Yeah, I, I think that we want people to be on our schedule, but that's not how we buy. Yeah, right. Yes. And you know, I think about my schedule and I'm not saying it's reflective of everybody's, but like this coming, like last week I was in Maine to host a mastermind at Doug Sperling's facility. The week before that I was in Florida. I spoke at, you know, a Perform Better event, took my family to Disney. This weekend we're going to a baseball tournament in Northern Ohio and taking kids to like Cedar Point and amusement park up there. Yeah. In the next week we've got people in town for a coaching group. And it, it just goes on and on all summer that way. So if somebody came to me and said, hey, do you want to join this program? It's this many days a week. And if I said no, they'd probably say, well, you know, he's not serious. He's not committed. He's not, you know, he's a tire kicker or whatever else. I'm like, man, have you looked at my calendar? Right. And it's like, these are things that are important in my life. And we, I think we as humans understand that we have very full lives with a lot of things going on as business owners we almost want people to forget that and say just prioritize the thing that i'm selling yeah yeah and it doesn't work like that the, the the smart business owner is going to skate to where the puck is going here and they're going to say you know what i need to be a really valuable and kind of convenient part of this person's life because if i am i'm going to stick around right instead of saying i expect this person to arrange every facet of their life around me at that point you're you're a short timer yeah for sure okay i'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball here and i want to know it's been a while what four years now three four years i mean think about where we were 2019 COVID, post-COVID, 2023, it's been a wild ride, right, to say the least. Uh, and I would love to just hear from you, 
where do you see fitness businesses continuing to evolve in the next three to five years? Um, the, the franchise thing will continue to pick up steam because there's enough money behind it that, you know, it, it's just headed in that direction. Um, I think that independent business owners will do better with well-rounded, kind of more holistic. And I don't mean that in kind of a, like, I'm not thinking in some sort of yoga-esque type way when I say holistic, it's just like, man, you're gonna, you're going to have to check more boxes than just hosting workouts. Mm, Okay. You're going to have to be some, like I, and, and again, this comes from a sport coaching background. If I'm somebody's coach, I'm their coach all the time, not just to practice. Taking the responsibility of being somebody's coach that helps them with their recovery, that helps them with their nutrition, that helps them with problem solving to navigate the various challenges thrown their way. I I think that that's a big piece of the future. I think, and this may be scary to some people, but I see this as an opportunity. I think that at some point in the not so distant future, somebody's gonna come along and due to group training, what Planet Fitness did to health clubs and make it a $39, $49 a month group commodity um, as a franchise. And and there are a few people in certain corners of the country that have done that, especially with like outdoor fitness because their overhead was low. Sure. But I mean, it's coming. There's no way it won't. The fact that it has taken this long is kind of astounding because when I was getting started with this, Man, you go to a health club, you know, somebody would that have a, a schedule of 25 different group classes through the week and they'd give you child care and everything else. And it was part of your $49 a month yeah. membership. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's coming for the people that are workout hosts. It's just the same thing's going to happen to them as happened to the people who essentially just rented people access to equipment. Yeah, it's going to disrupt that side of the market. I do not think for a minute that online training is going to squeeze out all the offline stuff. Um, And I would have told you this. I mean, this is not revisionist history. I would have told you the same thing in May or June of 2020. Like people need community. They want to be out and they don't want to be holed up in their house all the time. So now I do think the online piece of it is forever baked into what we do moving forward. And it's not just, hey, I'm going to give you access to some travel workouts. It's again, I'm going to be your coach. And if that's problem solving when you're on the road, then that's what we do. If um, that's, you know, providing you a quick accountability text in the middle of the week to see how you're doing with the stuff I ask you to do outside of the gym, that's what we do. Um, So I think that's gonna continue to evolve. I think that the the gaps with things like small group and semi-private smart independent trainers will kind of settle there a little bit more than try to compete on volume since that's where the 
the franchises that are in class A real estate and have investors behind them. So they're not hesitant to spend a lot of money on marketing will, will kind of rest. Um, you know, so personal, um, more intimate, more customized, more specialized, that stuff, it's going to win the day because we see it everywhere else. Um, we're only going to continue to see it in our industry. Sometimes we're kind of late to the party with that, but everywhere else, man, people, people want what they want and they're not going to be apologetic about it. So right. we have to meet them where they are. Right. I always think of it, you know, not to be political because I'm not going to make this a political show, but people always talk about the shrinking of the middle class, right? It's the same thing in our space. You know, the, like the middle ground people are going to get pushed out and you're either going to be on this side where it's high volume, lots of people, you know, not a lot of coaching, or you're going to have like these smaller niche boutique type spots where it is. It's very intimate. There's accountability, high level coaching, like there's always going to be a demographic and a subset of the population that wants this. And so that's where I've always kind of trended. And uh, another guy I know we followed over the years, Dan Kennedy, talks a lot about that, right? Like, hey, like this end of the spectrum is generally underserved. So if you yes. can find a way to plug yourself in there, you're generally not going to have issues keeping your business fairly steady. Yeah, and... Don't don't mistake like when I say accountability, some people want to like take that word and replace it with like babysitting. That's yeah, not, it's not the, the same. same. No. Right. I mean, basically, it's some it's like having a training partner. Yep, absolutely. I like and that. If I have a training partner. I'm, I'm going to show up because I know somebody's paying attention. Somebody's counting on me. And I, I think that we have that ability to play that role for people. And man, it's for me it's fulfilling because it means more people are going to see results which means that i'm having more of an impact but i'm also benefiting from it too because better impact their bigger impact that i have or deeper impact that i have the the better healthier my business is yep okay cool last but not least i'm excited to talk about this one talk to me about the process so the process, man, that's a loaded question, right? <laughs> so, um, so obviously, um, you know, I'm not going to pretend that this is like some mysterious thing that you don't know anything about. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I came to you and said, hey, um, would you be interested in working together to create this platform where we share some of the, the best stuff that's going on in our industry. I mean, I've seen this in other industries. I, to be, to be frank, I don't really pay attention to what other business people do in our industry. Um, the ones that I, I really respect and like for the most part were people who were clients of mine that have gone on and done great things. Yep. Um, and I, you know, let them do their own thing. But I do study a lot of business stuff outside of fitness. Yep. And there were these newsletters that would come out, and they would essentially kind of aggregate all the best stuff. Because again, we talked about this earlier. There's no shortage of ideas. There's no shortage of information. How do we filter? Yeah. And you know, so you and I talk about this idea, like, 
okay, could we do something like that? And man, you uh, you took the ball and ran with it. And <laughs> that's that's the beauty of this is somebody gets to use you as their expert kind of curator yeah. of this is the best stuff that I've seen recently in our industry that's going to help you move forward. So they don't have to spend all their already kind of spread thin time sifting through everything to find what's good you've already curated the best stuff the stuff that you go to and study yeah and obviously with your impact and your um you know your success and prominence in this industry like you're pretty clearly you're pretty good at vetting the right stuff to to make somebody a better coach right so each week you kind of curate the greatest hits and share this sort of stuff. And I'm, I am so excited because I don't, I don't know your audience quite as well. Like I be, obviously as I would know mine, right. But most of my people are independent, right? Like yeah. they are coaches, business owners who, um, they, they're looking for an edge. Yes. They're looking for competitive edge. And that's what I see this as is like, hey, you can go here and uh, essentially gain an edge, stay ahead, stay on the, the cutting edge of what's happening in the industry, stay out in front of the competition. And, you know, for the people that, that I encounter, and I'm certain if they're listening to this podcast, they fall in this category. It's like they're a, they're, they're a student, they're a lifelong learner. And so yeah. this is going to, fill their bucket pretty quickly. So yeah, yeah. Excited. I, it off. yeah well, I was pretty excited uh, when you asked me to do it. it. Took me a little while to kind of wrap my head around exactly how it would look and feel. But uh, yeah, I'll make sure I put a link to this in the show notes if you're interested in getting it. It's just like a once a week newsletter. But yeah, I'm excited because what it, one, it forces me to go through and kind of, okay, I think I've got about 60 coaches right now who's like websites I kind of go through and see okay what they put out this week you know what podcast were they on what videos did they drop um and man out of 60 I think I've made it my goal the minimum would, minimum would be three and I think the most I would put in any week is 10 unless there's just like somebody just decides all this great content is dropped in one week but it's been really fun because one it keeps me up to date on like what's new and what people are doing it gets me out of my comfort zone because I think we all have this tendency to get into our own ecosystem. And you, I, I've never wanted myself or IFAST to feel like an echo chamber where it's just the same people, same thoughts. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. And man, I think I think the fun thing about it too is that I don't feel any need because you haven't put any constraints on me. And it's not like I feel like I have to promote anybody. Like there's some authors and some people on there in these first couple episodes that I'm sure most of you have not heard of. Uh, but man, they're really sharp people. They're doing really great work. So, uh, definitely if you are interested in, in leveling up, make sure you check that out. I'll put the link in the show notes, but man, you have time for a, a quick lightning round before I let you go? Oh, sure. Okay. It'll be fast. <laughs> I promise. I promise. Okay. Uh, number one, how is baseball going this summer? It's been fun. I've been able to do a lot of, uh, focus on long-term athlete development and I'm coaching 12 year olds and I am a hundred percent adamant about them being 12 and enjoying being 12. I love that. 
I love that. Number two, how are our Reds doing this year? I'm bad. I have not, not followed the Reds at all this year. Lots of fun things. You need to start following the Reds. Yeah. They, uh, so they are a very young team, a very athletic team. They just brought up the number one ranked prospect, and he has shown out already like just – I mean, he's already recorded the fastest – running time of any major leaguer oh, man. he's hit a 458 foot home run is his first home run he's oh, man he is just explosive so they're fun there was actually a an article on uh espn.com today saying that they uh are a must watch team oh wow okay well it's funny because kate has been on me about going to a game so i'm gonna have to make that happen here sooner than later uh number three you mentioned disney how is Disney? <laughs> Disney's always good. And, um, you know, me being the Disney aficionado and, you know, our family going a lot, I we have the luxury of never being rushed and feeling like, oh, we got to go squeeze it all in. But Disney is, if you are a student of business, Disney is a wonderful place to go because all the things that we talked about, like, you know, hey, there are people that there's always going to be a group that pay this fee and yeah. are willing to invest. And then, you know, so so you can learn so much from seeing upgrades and different things like that. And uh, I mean, that's about 10 episodes by itself that <laughs> I can in. And yeah, it, it was a great time. And, um, you know, we we do some cool stuff there that. I get as much out of it business-wise as I do recreation-wise every time we go. Yeah, love it. Okay, last but not least, what's next for Pat Rigsby, man? What are you working on? Um, What are you excited about? Anything. And and this probably tells me that I'm in the the right lane, right? Um, I'm excited about everything that I'm doing now, and I'm excited to keep kind of turning the dials to do more of it. I mean, we've got a, a family trip to Hawaii this summer. We've got a couple more um, fun baseball kind of trips, which are just, I mean, we're going to like Charleston, South Carolina for something and some of that. And so there's that, the the live meetings. I, I love the people that, that I work with. So when they come to the meeting, like, man, we'll have the dinner and social at my house and I'll love every minute of spending time with those people. You know, the things we're doing about, business we talked about a lot earlier i'm excited to keep tinkering with that so i mean i think it's a fun place to be to not feel like what's next has to be dramatically different than what's present yeah i love that i love that all right man this has been amazing appreciate you thank you so much for coming on it's always great catching up where can my listeners find out more about you and all the great stuff you're doing man i mean i'm on social media stuff right like i don't probably do as much with Instagram or any of those things. I have stuff there. Right. Uh, our buddy Paul's the one who kind of manages that. Yes. But patrigsby.com kind of links out to everything. And if somebody wants to just connect with me, if they want to, you know, talk through anything, see if I can be of help, pat at patrigsby.com, just shoot me an email. Um, again, there's very much like a personal component to this and i just love to connect with people and see if i can be of help i love it man well pat again thank you so much for coming on this was so much fun 
Well, my pleasure. Always good to spend time with you, and maybe we'll have to make a, a trip to Cincinnati and catch that Reds game before long. I love it. All right, my friend. That does it for this week's episode with Pat Rigsby. Really hope you enjoyed it. Man, I just love talking to this guy. He's obviously one of my dearest friends in the fitness industry. And really, I think it's great to see from the outside looking in. Yes, he's been my business advisor, but I've watched him just grow and evolve so much in his own business. I remember when he was running all these franchises and flying all over the place. And man, I just remember at that point in time, like, man, he is just killing the game. And then to see him blow it up and say, look, this isn't what I'm passionate about. This isn't what I want to be doing. I'm going to go smaller, more niche. I'm going to work with the people I want to work with and and coach the way that I want to coach. Man, I have so much respect for him for doing that because, I mean, he was crushing it. Don't get me wrong. And now he's crushing it again, just in a different way, in a, in a way that's more suitable and conducive to helping him live the lifestyle that he wants to lead. So, so much respect for Pat. Really hope you took something away from this episode. If you did, I got one or two small favors to ask. Number one, if you're not already subscribed to the show, please go and do that right now. Wherever you consume podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, the Amazon Store. We're even on YouTube Podcasts, y'all. Like, we are out here. Wherever you consume podcasts, go there right now. Hit the subscribe button so you know each and every week when a new episode drops. Number two, if you are subscribed or if you just really like today's episode, please share it with somebody that needs to hear Pat's message. A lot of times as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as people that are out there just grinding and trying to make a living for ourselves in the training space, man, this stuff can get hard. So sometimes it helps to have somebody like Pat to bounce ideas off of and to help kind of reframe and reshape what your vision of your ideal business is. So if somebody needs to hear this message that's in your life, please send this episode to them so they can take all of Pat's knowledge and maybe dive into his ecosystem a little bit more. So my friend, as always, thank you so much for your support. Love and appreciate you. And we'll be back next week with our next episode. Take care.